When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blood Grammys podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined by our friends, our compatriot in Barcelona fandom, Emil Avanesi. And Emil, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good. Uh, so the club that we both follow is uh, continually, it seems like every time we talk, in a stranger and stranger uh, position. Uh, they currently sit only one point behind the top four before they're Massive matchup with Atletico Madrid after the break. Uh, I don't think either of us would say that their form is top four worthy at the moment. Uh, let's yeah. chat about the the win over Alves. Uh, okay. Pedri was great. Um, yes. Squad depth is just yet, yet again showing me how, how, how brutal it is. What do you even take away from a match like that? Because obviously it's a must win, but it's the the thinnest of margins for a win, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, when we've talked about it, we want we want both. I guess like right now, it would be ideal to get results and have them look good. And I think just given the state of the club, and I think the you know they've been racked with so many injuries, and there's all the you know the non-injury related whatever static or upheaval and everything that's that's been going on and on top of that there's just the i mean i put this in quotes but just kind of the normal process of adjusting to a new manager who's trying to instill you know this whole kind of philosophical bedrock on top of you know on top of tactics and everything like that so i think right now the the entire objective is and i hate to say this it kind of like it sounds irritatingly like Mourinho-esque, but the the entire objective is, you know, just sort of grind out points, I think, where you can get them. Um, because the biggest problem, I mean, whether it was under, I mean, whether it was under Kuman or, I mean, it's been a little less so under Xavi, but, you know, there's not a lot of players currently in the Barca squad who are healthy and featuring on a weekly basis that you see as, I don't know, just really kind of dangerous and dynamic and, you know, able to just, everything is a little bit laborious right now. You know what I mean? Like just kind of getting the goals, like even against mediocre or bad opposition, this doesn't look or seem like a side that's able to rack up, you know, a, a four, five, six goal win, even against, you know, sort of lesser competition in the Copa del Rey or, you know, just catching a bad team in La Liga, you know, at home at the right time. Like they just don't seem to have that in them. So I think it's, I think we're still just in a, in a different point of the weathering the storm phase, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's like, they're just riding the storm at this point. Like they're not, yes. 
the <laughs> the the dynamic talent you mentioned uh is basically Pedri and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh without a Dembele, without a Fati, Depay, there's no there's nothing offensively. So that's the problem. Yeah. I mean it's I mean it was supposed to be and you know ideally in the future will be Ansu Fati, but sadly like we got you know another another wave of bad news as as it pertains to him. So, yeah, and I mean, Memphis Memphis looked really good at the start of the season, and now, you know, he's kind of been not featuring and not been the, the same player as well. So, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I mean, the best the best goal threat has been Luke de Jong, and, uh, and kind of as we all predicted before the season. But, um, you know, but that's what I mean. It's, it's an un-Barca-like, like you have this big, dude like just in the middle of the box <laughs> trying to get on the end of crosses and head them in um but he reminds me of peter crouch he, he, i mean he does have that a little bit yeah he's he's a little more proportionate in his limbs i think but yeah like, he doesn't not quite as gangly but yeah functionally he's you know he he performs that role and you know it'd be great if we didn't have to rely so heavily on that but i guess that's the sort of thing you Barca are very much just kind of playing the hand that that they've been dealt or, you know, just kind of that they've played themselves into and all of this. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't get too worked up about the aesthetics right now just because the objectives right now are continue to nurse the club back to some degree of of health and viability. Yeah, I mean, I I would go as far to say literally the only objective for the rest of the season is to get top 4. No matter oh, how absolutely. ugly, how disappointing we are, disappointed we are in the talents that Barcelona have or don't have, uh the talent we wish they had, like top 4 is it because you can build on you can build on at least because I, not even build, but like how are you going to attract a soul to this rebuilding Barcelona squad if you don't if you can't promise Champions League football for at least another 12 months this summer like that's exactly just, it I mean if, yeah. no one will show up no that and look I mean I think they've the club have done a I guess a good enough job of I don't know selling the continuing to sell the the Barca mystique and the you know you want to be here and all of that in the absence of having you know big money or the guarantee of champions league this year or next, you know, to, to throw around. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I think the, I just don't think this team is good enough to win the, the Europa league, but um, because there is the, the prospect of the Europa league thing. So if you can go on a run there, you know, you can secure your place in the champions league and, Ideally, kind of have the the feel good of a of a trophy as well. But I frankly just don't. I you know, like you look at the other teams that are in there. Now, granted, you know, Napoli, who you know, Barcelona playing the knockouts of the Europa, you know, next month, like they're having all kinds of issues of their own, and are you know they have injuries and stuff like that. So you can see Barca getting past there. I mean, you can you know you can squint and kind of put that case together. Squint is a good word no, for this. Right. But you have to, but you, look, all the while, I, I want to see some modicum of success in the Europa League. Um, 
Because right now at this point, this team and just the way that the club was handled and everything, just where it sits right now, like you can't act like you're too good for the Europa League right now. You know what I mean? Like you're you're playing Napoli and teams that are ahead of you in La Liga are going to be in the Europa League. You know, like Sevilla, it's the Sevilla Cup and they're they're there and they are, you know, until until we're told otherwise, I'm going to assume they're going to win. And you can't go in and pretend that you're too good for this. Um, let's talk about Frankie de Jong for a few minutes. Uh, yes. He's had a strange, you know, I have trouble separating him as an individual player versus like the impact that being on this Barcelona team would have to just about anyone of any okay. particular range of talent. Um, and I'm open to thoughts, opinions, I think it's kind of insane that they would want to sell him um, or be even like... Yeah, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Even like curious. Like I I guess anytime I see rumors kind of coming out of the sport or um, mm. any of that, I always kind of think it's fed. And so oh, I yeah. don't... I, I, I guess I, I just don't understand the realm of possibility of thinking that some people have it. And I think it's a minority. I don't think that many people think he should be on his way out. But just like, I guess, what are your mm-hmm. overall Frank de Jong thoughts, feelings about him as a player and as a Barcelona player? So, I mean, ever since Frankie got here, he's, I mean, from, from the moment he arrived, he's said and done the right things. You know, I mean, he hasn't, whether it's missteps with the media or, you know, doing anything that any of the relatively minor infractions that can make you persona non grata and the, in the local press or or with the fan base or anything. And he's turned in moments and performances that are, you know, that exhibit the the talent that he has and the kind of star that that he can be. And, you know, I mean, frankly, is. But the thing is too, he was sort of parachuted into this, I mean, arguably one of the most unstable situations at any, you know, at any mega club in the world right now. And, you know, never had, I mean, it was almost from the time that, that Dion got there. Um, I mean, I guess Kuman was essentially embattled and under fire almost from the, from the get-go. So he, he was never going to really, you know, I felt like Kuman was trying too many things to essentially save his job from the beginning where, Chavi doesn't have to worry about that. You know, I mean, he can, ideally he has to, he has to produce some results, but he can legitimately kind of earnestly try, try things. I mean, I just feel like De Jong hasn't, I don't know if he's been deployed in, in the right role consistently enough. And, you know, outside of that, I mean, there's just been so little stability and just a lot of, mayhem surrounding not just the club but i mean even the 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 playing roster you know whether it was messy leaving and you know speculation about this and that and everything so um yeah the notion that he should be sold is insane to me because even if that was a thing that you were entertaining even though i don't think de young's value has necessarily plummeted i don't think anything's happened like you know that extreme you're still, even if you decided you wanted to sell him, you're not selling high. So you're you're still not even cashing out if that's what you want to do at a at an opportune 
moment. So, okay, l- let me ask you a question and see if you agree with this. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that there's been a situation since he's been at Barcelona where um, the players around him suit his talents the best. Like, I don't think he's been a part of a mm-hmm. midfield that would showcase the sort of player he can be while he's been yeah. at Barcelona. W- w- would you say that's a fair statement? Yeah, I think that, yeah, I I, I do think that's fair. And Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like they plucked him for this, like, because he was a very talented m- midfielder, as you should. But mm-hmm. then it seems like they made no effort to situate the players around him to not compliment him because he's not freaking Lionel Messi, but, like, well, I, mean, I don't know. He, he just doesn't fit the scheme that they're, like, still half trying to run from the old days, but yet trying to transition to the new stuff with, like, him and Pedri. Like, I don't – it doesn't make sense to yeah. me, I guess. Well, I guess, you know, even I, – I agree. I mean, I think you're – your question, your point's valid. I think even taking a step further back and just so one thing is you have these guys, you have great young talent. They're there, you know, guys that you got on an absolute bargain who are super young and a blossom, you know, the the Pedris of the world, or you know, the the homegrown guy like Ansu Fati. So I understand those guys are going to be part of the foundation, they're part of the backbone of the ideal version of this team going forward. But at the same time, you, like you said, you, you plucked one of the most talented young midfielders in Europe and you added him to the team. Cool. But it goes beyond that. And well, I don't think you, I don't think every marquee or semi-marquee signing deserves the full, you know, messy style build around you treatment. I mean, you spend all this money on a guy, like at the very least, you know, deploy him in a way that works because otherwise you're not doing anyone any favors. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, so we're, yeah, like, we're, we're both in agreement. We shouldn't sell the Dutch midfielder. I do not believe that we should. <laughs> I mean, not, not, not unless he absolutely wants to go or, you know, he legitimately gets a long run of games and it's just simply not working, but I don't think we're there with him. Agreed. Um, Let's talk about a couple of transfer uh, things yeah. real quick. Uh, Alvaro Morata and Adamame Traore. I think yeah. Traore is the backup is what the rumors are saying. Um, what are your thoughts on those two as, as Barcelona fits? I think Morata is kind of a perfect fit, right? <laughs> like for what we need. Well, I mean, sort of, but there's a couple of things that are like in general, I, I, I kind of like Alvaro Morata just as a player in general. Like he's he's got a great nose for, you know, he, he gets in the box. He has a great nose for sniffing out the ball and sniffing out scoring opportunities and getting into fantastic, you know, shooting places and, you know, finding chances. The problem is, like, he goes through these extended stretches of sniffing out golden opportunities and then not stuffing them in the net. And so... That, yes, that that is such a good description of him. That's yeah. like because I watched him a lot when he was at Chelsea. Yeah, and it was just, that's just the perfect. Yeah, that's it right there. Keep going. Yeah, Sorry. like he's not lost. Like he knows what he's doing. He just can't seem to, or he goes through extended stretches where he really struggles to to just put the ball in the net. And I think the problem with that is, I mean, there was articles written last year, and you know, I think around the Euros and stuff like that, they were like so. I guess he's like, you know, he's a very emotionally driven and kind of sensitive guy. And when things aren't going well and he's catching heat and stuff like that, that tends to 
rather than motivate him, it kind of tends to feed on itself. And so his form, like when his form is bad and people, you know, fans and the media and stuff get on him publicly for his form being bad, like his form stays bad. You know, he kind of gets lost in his own head and stuff like that. Um, if we've learned nothing in the, in, you know, I mean, I guess in the entirety of the club's history, but definitely in the last few, last couple of years, like Barca is not entirely the sort of the, the nurturing environment for a guy to, you know, to pop in and do that. You know what I mean? Like they're just, yeah. he's not, it's not one of those things. He's not like, he's not one of our own. He's not like a Catalan guy. He's not an ex La Masia guy. You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing about him that will inherently make the, the crowd and the local press want to give him second, third and fourth chances if he gets off to a rocky start. And, you know, I mean, at that, then at that point, you know, if it doesn't go well, what do you have? You know what I mean? Is he markedly better than, than Luke de Young? If he's, oh, come on, come on. No, no, but I mean, if he's not firing, if he's not at his best. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, at his best, he absolutely is. But the problem is that I know he tends to go, like, he everything that's been written about him, and I understand some of those kind of felt a little bit kind of like gossip pieces, but they, yeah. but it was, they were coherently written and sourced enough, you know, I mean, there was, but, and also it kind of, it lines up with what you see. You know what I mean? When he goes into a slump, he stays in a slump, it seems like. See, I think if I were like, if we were having this conversation um, a couple years ago about like, who's the guy to replace Luis yeah. Suarez? And we thought it was actually going to be a real striker and not a couple of backup strikers over the next yep. few years. I would have totally agreed that that premise was like enough to keep him from coming. But at this point, it's like, man, I just want talent. And even if there yeah. are like, we're the the club is in an offensive slump so like yes. even if um even if you were to go through a slump it's like so what no one else can score at this point so it's like i i guess i'm willing here's the thing why is triore the the backup guy they're not one-to-one fits like triore to me is just like a worse probably still gonna get hurt sometimes dembele like i don't understand why he would be really- yeah, sort of a triore is sort of a hybrid of uh like Memphis and Dembele because he's like super jacked but um, but also like crazy fast (laughs) yeah um, so I mean I guess in some sense I think he's I mean there's the whole like La Masia link and stuff like that so I mean I read and I read the piece that you wrote that you know Xavi has a has quite the the appetite for bringing back people who were once employed by by Barca and so yeah, so there's the there's the Lemasia thing, I guess. And you know, he's he's young and he's extremely physically gifted. And I mean, I think he's meant to be a Dembele replacement because and we can talk about the, can we talk about this for a second? The the Dembele thing, which is so strange. Yeah, I, that was literally the last thing on my my rundown. Yeah, good. Um so <laughs> right, you know, cool. just like just wrapping up the transfer stuff. Um, yep. that's, that's actually, that's all I had for transfer stuff. So let's talk about Dembele. Um, the latest r- rumor report are that after his agents met with Chavi, he wants to resign. Um, Nick and I <laughs> last week on the podcast kind of talked about the, uh, not like the, the character kind of assassination that had been mm. floating through the papers of Dembele that yeah. we both kind of perceived as unfair, uh, and totally. just 
not even slightly, but just kind of just racist um, in the, yeah. the, the nature of them. Um, mm. But now he wants to resign, which I think is, you know, if he can get a good contract is good for him, but just like, it, it's a very confusing situation because like, I want to watch Usman Dembele succeed. Mm. I want to watch him succeed at the highest levels. Uh, I, I guess I'm, I don't know if that'll ever happen at Barcelona just because of the how the relationship has soured over the years. And so I guess I'm a little, I guess I'm not disappointed because he can do whatever he wants with his life, but I was kind of hoping he would end up somewhere else, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, all of that actually makes sense. So I mean, I think there's so much to unpack with him. <laughs> so I think there's, uh, there was actually a good article that came out a couple of, uh, maybe a couple of days ago, two, three days ago on Defector about, um, I mean, I mean, it's about Barca in general, but it's through the prism of this whole uh, the Dembele saga. And now, understandably, Barca want to offer him a contract, and they are, but it's apparently, you know, super, super incentive-laden, which, honestly, for a guy who's missed nearly half of the available games since he signed, I, I mean, you might not like that if you're Usman Dembele, but... I mean, you have to be able to understand it, right? But then from the flip side, I also understand where Dembele is like, no, this this contract doesn't max out my my earning potential and you know and everything else. I'm just gonna ride this season out and you know, if I can go on a free, people will give me a bigger salary, blah, blah, blah. So I understand where and, and that that's just a natural impasse. You know what I mean? I don't know what you I don't know what you actually do about that. Um, the, the one part that I don't get, like, I think it's fine if he just runs down his contract and leaves, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why every one of these contract situations now has to turn into this, you know, horrible kind of bloody ordeal where just anyone who's not willing to pay out of pocket to wear the Barcelona shirt gets slandered and, you know, and you know it's it's what I and at the meantime and all these guys are saying is you know I I have a short career and I want to I want to do right by my career and meanwhile there's an entire you know online and print media chorus who can't wait to just excoriate these guys for having the nerve to yeah. not not like genuflect at the altar of Barca. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I mean, so, there's no, like, there's no nuance in the discussion either. It's either like no. you're, you're at the end of your career and you're Gerard Piquet to where you can, yeah, you can give back some of your contract. You've made your money. Yeah. And your wife your is career. worth half a billion dollars or something yeah. too. Or you're, you know, Busquets or Alba, yeah. uh, who maybe didn't want to do it as much, but still ended up doing it, who yeah. are at the like end of their careers. Rich. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And here's the thing. We're not saying guys like Dembele mm. and people like mm. him don't, already have a lot of money but they're young in their careers and they have to maximize well, their earning the thing potential is they are allowed to you're he's allowed to manage his life and his career however he sees fit like if all you want to do is like if a player if all a player ever wanted to do was you know i don't care about winning trophies i just want to make as much money as i can cool man vaya con dios like just you know more power to you um and if if there's other guys who are just willing to take discounts and you know, and play for relative bargains just to be in every, you know, Champions League final and win the league and everything like that. Cool, that's your priority. But, I mean, there has to be room in the world for 
both. And I, it just, it, it does. It, it just, it confounds me a little bit how completely, you know, like you said, how, how not nuanced or unnuanced the, the conversation is from the Barca perspective, whether it's the, you know, the club itself, the, the, the club friendly media types, or, you know, I mean, and there's a certain level of performative fandom that happens online, which, um, what? Yeah, you yeah, don't that, say. yeah I, I do say um, it's yeah that just that one really I don't know why that one grinds me more than more than everyone else like not that everyone not that anyone's really covering themselves in glory with all of this but like um so I mean but so all of that aside so basically I'm like cool Dembele do whatever you feel like if you you don't like the the contract bars are offering you cool wind your contract down go do what you want to do what I simply don't understand, though, is this hardline stance by the club, which is fighting tooth and nail to secure a top four finish and, you know, get Champions League football back, which is vital to the, you know, not to the survival of the club, but to the survival of the club as a global mega club, at least for the time being. So this guy says he wants to stick around. He wants to play. Like, by by all accounts, he's not being unprofessional. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not saying he won't play. Let him play. He can help. It's not like you have there's no one snapping at his heels. It's not like he's blocking some like ascendant talent who's you know going to secure you top four. No, like, and you, and you know what Barcelona could really use right wants now? to help you. Barcelona could really use a guy on the wings that has goal scoring potential. Like Barcelona could really use that. <laughs> And they have one sitting right there. Yeah. So like, yeah, let's chuck this dude. Yeah. Like, let's just chain this guy to the bleachers. It's old school, like authoritarian. uh, Yes. Like I'm, I am the one in control. Bartomeu handed out contracts left and right. You don't want to play ball. You don't play it to play football. And that's, it's, it's insane. (laughs) Well, it's, um, I mean, I keep referencing it, and I and I have, you know, I have. It's neither a piece that I wrote, nor uh, nor do I have any financial interest in its success. But uh, that that piece on Defector was really good because it kind of it talked about this very phenomenon how um, Barca are trying to kind of have their cake and eat it too, where it's on the one hand they're trying to be you know global mega club, trying to insert themselves into you know, the Erling Holland sweepstakes and this and that and whatever, all the while sort of still trying to fan the flames of we are this, you know, Catalan community organization for lack of a better, for lack of a better term. And so apparently that all involves, you know, the, the players making sacrifices for the good of the institution and I guess full stop. I don't know. Like there's just I don't know what's the what's the what's the payback? What's the counter to that? I don't know. So let me ask you two separate questions and uh, just give me simple answers here. Yes. If you, as a Barcelona fan, do you want Usman Dembele to sign an extension? I mean, I'm good if he doesn't. Like it's nothing nothing to do with him. Like he's he's great when he's healthy and good. 
No, you 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 don't need no, a couch. It, it's like if we had that, I, then I, yes. I'm neutral but, is, is a fine answer. But I think it's good. I think okay. this I think this relationship has run its course. Yeah, if you as an Usman Dembele yeah. fan, because we both talked about how much mm-hmm. we love watching him and his full potential, do you want him to resign with Barcelona or go somewhere else? It's probably best for him if he goes. You know what I mean? I mean the the one thing that that yeah. is different is Xavi does seem to really like him and want to have him as part of the team. And so that would be one of the first times I think that his manager at Barca is at least on the surface, like deeply committed to having him, having him be a, you know, be a part of the team and be a, you know, be a focal point. So that would be interesting, but I don't know. I just, I don't know if the relationship is, I mean, I'm sure it's salvageable in some way, but I don't know how, salvageable it is yeah um okay so that's all the topics i had so tell me what you've been you're always yeah. working on something new tell me what you're working on now are, are you a travel writer yet because that's kind of the next area i would no, like to, I, to, to ventures <laughs> i i want to read your pieces on travel I, no i i hear that actually no i can send you a uh i actually wrote an article for uh so as i mentioned i've been doing uh, a lot of nfl stuff this year for uh uh squawka i can send you the the link but i actually did so i've uh, been doing some you know european football writing for them as well and um one of the things uh i just wrote it was kind of a, a retrospective of um guys who were publicly compared to xavi because you know um and how their careers panned out <laughs> and uh so it's like 10 varying degrees of people who were publicly by you know by by football authorities, directly compared to Xavi. And uh, okay, don't don't spoil the majority of the names so people go read it. But can you give me one of the names on the list? Uh, yes, I mean I can give you. Um, so I can give you. I'll, I'll give just you, one, just uh, one. So Tiago, Tiago Alcantara. <sighs> yeah, you have <laughs> me. I'm uh, I'm already I'm, I'm I'm gonna click on the article because that's and perfect. Also, oh, okay, actually, so I've, uh, send me the link to that and we'll get it. In the yeah, show and uh, I'll send you a link to this as well. I've actually started writing for. Um, uh, a site called Urban Pitch. It's a. It's actually an LA-based, uh, you know, soccer football soccer based uh, site, and I've done a couple of things for them. The first was uh, about actually the Barca Barca Femini and the sort of their evolution and the, I guess the relationship too and the growing relationship between Barca Femini and La Masia. And I've also more, more recently I wrote about the just some of the top stars of NWSL. Gotcha. So I'll send you the very nice. So I'll just send you the link to my uh, sort of the the writer page there. And yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Emil, thank you for joining us. As always, we have uh, plenty of things to talk about. Uh, it's a pleasure as always, man. One of these times, and I guess probably the next time we have you on, we will find out whether we're advancing in the Europa League or not. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it's going to be late February. <laughs> that, it'll be good to know. Okay. Well, that'll be a blast. <laughs> All right, Emil, have a good one. Thank you for joining us. Everyone check out Emil's work in the show notes, uh, especially that article on the Chavi comparisons because I'm especially interested to read that. And Emil, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, man. appreciate it.